Welcome to episode 34 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We are fortunate enough to be joined in studio today by Mandy's favorite podcasters, although I often have to remind her second favorite podcasters. <laughs> uh, we have the ladies from Center Mid Chicks here with us. So Center Mid Chicks. Center, Center. Center. Mid. Yeah. <laughs> So we have Sweet Home Amy, Amanda, and Nina. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. Happy Thank to be you. here. Thank us. you. Welcome. Uh, and, and you might hear them giggle at some point in time in the background, but there are a couple defenders here as well, too. Uh, so <laughs> shout out to Philly and Scarf, who are uh, observing us here today as we sort of megapod here at the moment. But with the new launch of the Center Med Chicks podcast and the focus being paid not only to our victorious women who have returned with our fourth star for our crest from the World Cup, but with the onset and conversation of NWSL for LA, uh, we thought we might brighten the mood in the community to a moment and talk about something positive, the women's game for a moment. So thank you, ladies. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Welcome to S2S Studios. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah. So for anyone who would like to follow Center Mid Chicks, you can check out their podcast on all your favorite podcast forums at Center Mid Chicks. That is their handle as well, too. You can follow your host at Sweet Home Amy, at Amanda Brook 32. That's Brooke with an E at the end and at LAFC Nina. And of course, if you want to follow us, we are at LAFC S2S on all your social media platforms. So with that out of the way. Guys, ladies, we had a couple games since our last show. We had a wonderful 4-0 victory versus the Smurfs midweek. And then, well, at least a lot of drama this weekend versus the Carson <laughs> Galaxy. So, ladies, yeah, gentlemen, let's run it down. I mean, are we starting with San Jose? I think, yeah, probably should. Are we just doing a, a brief summation of it or what? Yeah, no, let's, I mean, I let's think that key the, takeaways and then let's move on the to big, the big I think the big glaring thing was, like Jonathan mentioned before we started recording, it easily could have been a 4-4 tie or a 5-4 loss based on if the ball would have been a couple of inches either way on the post hits or if the wide open shots would have went into the back of the net for San Jose. And then also there was an oversight because of the scoreline that, you know, our midfield was making some errant passes and didn't have control as well as we would have liked as earlier in the season. And so that also was available uh, in the uh, the game this weekend against the Galaxy. Yeah. Now, in the end, I think from a tactical perspective, we were more efficient maybe with our chances, but it was one of the games where we didn't have the lion's share of the possession. We didn't win necessarily all the duels at times, but I think... Like I said, we were more efficient when we did get our chances. I think, Christian, you and I were talking midweek, and we were talking about midfield possession and the passing there between Blessing K and Atuesta and how we found it to be wanting in that game. That led to the majority of the opportunities San Jose had. Now we felt we really walked away from that lucky. Uh, Wando rarely ever misses a free header, and he missed it. You know, they fluffed a wide-open shot against an empty net over the bar. They had a couple other shots ring off the post. And let's be honest, if VAR was a functional tool or if the referees were paying attention to the game, they probably would have seen that handball on the box on Harvey. And they certainly should have had a penalty there as well, too. So, yes, look, I love clean sheets. I love saying that we crushed them 4-0. And I I love the fact that we have owned and dominated them throughout. But when we talk about things like midfield possession – 
that reared its ugly head again over the weekend. So we can't gloss over mm-hmm. a 4-0 victory in which we played poorly and then say that the first 20 minutes of the game versus the Galaxy wasn't the byproduct of not addressing those same issues. So I do feel that there is something to take from that game, even though we crushed them. You know, we saw perhaps the greatest goal I will ever witness yeah. live. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, you don't need a midfielder if you just give it to Vela and he could take half the team. <laughs> Uh, just road well, cones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was insane. Did one of you call it to be a tie? Also, who was predicting the tie? Uh, I don't know, but it very well could have been. you predicted a tie? Been a tie. I, absolutely. I think, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it could have. You're right. It could have well, very think, well been a tie. I think it also, yeah. you know, based on you know the lineup, we had we had questions about. Well, the no, I called the San Jose game a tie. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You predicted. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I uh, thought you were talking about yesterday. I'm like, I'm no, pretty no, sure no, I no. didn't. No. Before, no, before the game happened, you predicted a tie. I was like, well, yeah, but I think we were looking at it based on the lineups too. We, yeah. I yeah. didn't. I didn't anticipate us starting as many of our normal starting eleven as we did uh, in the San Jose game. I think we only had two, two people's playing that weren't uh, normal starting eleven in San Jose. So it's. I was a little surprised to see as many because it's, you know, that's three games in in eight days. You know, for a lot a of lot. the players that I, played yeah. the ninety minutes too. And I think Carlos played ninety in San Jose, and there was a lot of guys that they had a lot of. Yeah, you there. saw that exhaustion yesterday yeah. Uh, yeah. at the Galaxy game. You mm-hmm. saw them all. You know, I've never seen that many players laying down on the field after a game before. Just right. pure exhaustion. Well, yeah. some of that was probably emotion as well. Yeah. Too. Well, absolutely. Yeah. The adrenaline running, you know, rushing through and then all of a sudden it's over. But they played a lot. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you're right. But to your point with the San Jose game, you also saw nearly equal possession and nearly equal shots on goal and mm-hmm. shots. Right. So it wasn't a huge separation for being such an incredible defeat. Mm-hmm. I agree. Sometimes the scoreline does not represent how the game was played. And I think all of us walked out of that thinking, oh, gosh, we can play poorly and still walk away with a 4-0 victory. And that's not always going to be the case, and it's certainly not going to be the case come playoff time. We walked away with a great win midweek, and, you know, let's advance the conversation to the game versus Carson on the weekend where I saw probably the worst 20 minutes to start a game we have ever experienced as fans. Um and yeah. most painful. It was so painful. Um, yeah. It's frustrating. To go down 1-0 within the first two minutes of a match takes a lot of the wind out of the sail. But I have to give it to the 32-52. They didn't stop cheering. They nothing right through. Nothing, exactly. They not, There wasn't a phase on them, man. It was like the goal The goal was scored. You heard Galaxy fans cheering, and you just heard the 32-52 getting louder and louder. And it was, it was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was drowned out, for sure. I was happy with... The fans, for sure. The first 20 minutes were tough as a fan to watch, but I think it didn't slow anyone down. Or everyone's energy stayed up, which was good. And, you know, going back to what you're saying, in years past, and we've said this a couple times in some of the other podcasts, they go down and last 10 minutes last year at least, or this year there's been multiple instances where the team is down and they've either come back to win it, like Atlanta, multiple times they're just right there and crowned out a win. And this game... A tie after you're going down 3-1, it's commendable, and we should have won it. We should have won, and we we lost because of those first 17 minutes. Exactly. You take those 17 minutes out of the game, and we dominate it. Mm -hmm. It was our game. But that is why you can't get off to a slow start. You have to come right out ready to go. And we were shaken. Our players looked like they were a little worried. They were The adrenaline was too high. Too much hype for them. I don't know. The fans were ready. Yeah. There was a lack of fouls we were talking about earlier, too. I I mean, I think with the lack of fouls and the lack of physicality that we have against a team like this, I think that there is a aura of... It's a heavy, heavy aura Mm -hmm. that's weighing on a lot of our players because 
you know, we haven't. We haven't beaten them. You know, the best result we've had is a tie, and that's happened three times now, and it's 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 almost like a, a heavy weight that they're trying to get over, and I think that, I mean, especially look at, like, Tyler Miller, right? I yeah. mean, how many times has Laton made Tyler look bad? And <sighs> Too it's, many, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's one of those things where it's like you just wonder is is – is it something about an intimidating factor or something that's making oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, absolutely. Because, again, you look at the first 17 minutes versus the rest of the game when we actually started containing Zlatan. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot more optimism about the next you know, game against them because of the way we played the rest of the game. We did not contain him when we played at Galaxy yeah. at all. No. Those first 17 minutes, we could not contain him. But the minute we did and we started pushing back on him, and even blessing, you know, was able to get a ball from him. Mm-hmm. That was when we take him, we contain him, and we can play the rest of the game the way mm-hmm. that we play it. Well, well and the I more have, we okay. contain him too, the, I feel like the less he plays. Like the minute he feels yeah. like we can shut him down, he eases back, and you see that happen with him. And mm-hmm. that team, as soon as he's not playing his hundred percent with them, we definitely dominate them, and then that's what we did in that second half. Mm-hmm. I had a really interesting argument slash conversation with the twins before the game at the tailgate we were arguing whether or not we thought lafc should change up their style should change up our mm-hmm. formations our lineup in order to try something new to beat galaxy because it seems like they've got our number it seems like they figured us out and i was arguing to the twins that when you're winning you play your game doesn't matter who you're playing you just have to go in and play your game but there is something to be said and afterwards i totally had to agree with them we should have adjusted. We should have gone yes. in in a four-four-two. We should have gone in maybe with five in the back line. I want to see Lamar Batista. Mm-hmm. I want to see him coming in as center back. I don't care if we put five in the back and it I looks like Blackman we're parking the bus. Really well we can too. play it out of the back so well, and we could win so easily on those counters, I feel like. But we don't adjust our game. We don't take into consideration the fact that this is a team that's got our number, and we need to do something different. Well, you know, adding more defenders, though, to the back line. I mean, Zlatan is a cherry picker like nobody's business. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, but that's his game. You yeah. play the long ball, mm-hmm. and, you know, he has, he works with the open spaces and stuff like that. So I don't know if necessarily adding more defenders on the back line, because you it's almost like you need to have someone who is just someone on, in his pocket. No, that's, dedicated that's, to him. That's what I'm saying. Get Lamar Batista more, in there to hold his hand it. the whole time. Get in his head. Put your body up on him. I don't care what you do. Don't get a foul right away, but get your body on his body. Make him know your presence, and don't pull away. As much of a, a good job as Walker and Harvey do in the back line as our center backs, and they are incredible, and I loved every second. I thought they played everything perfectly for the formation we had out there. I wanted somebody to, no offense, like I know it's kind of like elementary school soccer, go hold his hand. Go stand right next to him. <laughs> yeah. No, they, the, they, Mark again, him. you got to yeah, get in his Mark him. You Go get in his Zlatan. head. You get to play. The rest of the team can play the game the way that they, the way that we play. And he's such and an play emotional player. Yeah. It won't take much to get in his right. head. I, I will say this that he'll do something stupid. If the midfield doesn't give away these cheap passes, those counterattacks don't happen. Yes. And, yes. The, and those 17 minutes. Like, if we play how we played after the first 20 minutes, let's say, we don't even really need to adjust much. It's just, I think we forget how young Latif and Atuesta are one. Yes. K is not that much older, and they weren't playing at this kind of level or games with this kind of significance. So I think they haven't adjusted to that, but I think them figuring it out for the last 70 minutes of the game, going back to what you said, next game, I think it's going to be different because they've already achieved something, overcome something, and they didn't get the win necessarily, but... I think they're going to be more confident in their roles or tactics and the way to approach and contain the ball in the midfield. Because every time, yeah, every time they lost the ball in those first 
20 minutes, it was a counterattack that mm-hmm. facilitated mm-hmm. easy pass to Zlatan. It wasn't like he was working for him or mm-hmm. getting some yeah. headers or bringing it down and turning and shooting. It was him on the run on his you know favorite right or left leg. And, and he's fast. Yeah. That's the other yeah. problem. He's so stinking fast for he's being such a big guy. He's so there. tall. Yeah. He also just yeah. stands there. He just That's why I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't disagree if maybe it's the last 20 minutes of a playoff game, we switch something up to change it, but to start a game, especially when it's... But when we started yeah. playing with controlling the possession, right. that second half where we looked incredible and we were playing our game, the ball doesn't get back there. Exactly. So That's what I'm saying. So if our midfield yeah. is controlling, right? right. I don't... Yeah think Kay had a great game and he's my favorite player on the whole team. Two things that I think that we should also talk about in terms of the performance is that, you know, Vela went down, right? Yeah. So, and if Vela hadn't gone down and we brought Brian Rodriguez in for Dio, mm-hmm. how would that agree have with changed you. the dynamic of the last 30 minutes of the game? He looked incredible. He did. And he doesn't even understand the system 100%. He's no. two incredible. weeks in. No. Which is crazy. Him. Usually Bob sits people yeah. for a while yeah. and makes them practice and really learn. But this time you saw... A new signing coming in really quickly. Yeah. Well, he's in mid-season form coming in. So True. it's not like he needs time to acclimate no, fitness-wise. He's ready to go. But I mean, as far as, four, three, three, as, far like, as the discussion about Zlatan is concerned, three giveaways in the midfield that led to breakaways mm-hmm. where they had possession in the midfield and he was able to be a forward. He was able to advance. Do you guys know what the number one passing combination for the Galaxy was in this match? No, yeah. what was it? It was... Us to them. Us to them. It was Bingham to Zlatan. From keeper to Zlatan was their number one connection. So Zlatan parks himself midfield. They fire the long ball out to him. He heads it on to someone else and then tries to race forward. That didn't work for them. Their game plan didn't work. It's when we gave them the ball that they were successful. Once our midfield you know, advanced and took that step. And maybe we saw them take a huge step in their own maturity 20 minutes into that game. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the three of them have learned something that hopefully they can take into the next match. But once we stopped making mistakes ourselves, their game plan didn't work. And I know a lot of people are rooting for them not to make the playoffs and and that would be lovely, but I want them to make the playoffs. I want to see them in the playoffs and I want to dominate them in the playoffs. The way that that would happen, they would have to be in fourth or fifth place. Right. And they would have to then win. Right. Whichever, either, well, because at four plays five. Mm-hmm. So they, it doesn't matter if they're fourth or fifth. They would have to win that game, and then they would come and play us. Yeah, or, or I mean, you know, a couple rounds later. I mean, or a round later, right? I mean, right. if they advance past whomever. But, you know, at this point, I, I still want to beat them. I want to beat them this year. And if it means we have to do it in the playoffs, all the better. Yeah, beat them um, when it counts. Right. But, you, you know, I mean, and, you know, Reito, when he came in, was absolutely sensational. You know, I mean, he was winning tackles. He was completing passes. He was dribbling past people. Oh, his yeah. footwork was yeah. gorgeous. He went right down there, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was playing on our side of the field. So we sit, you know, right yeah. on the behind the players. Beautiful. Just beautiful. His control, his way, his, the way he moved through. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. I think he's a more controlled version of Rossi because he has yeah. the speed, but I think the footwork mm-hmm. and the balance when he's dribbling is better he's not as fast necessarily but he'll yeah. beat you with his footwork and then get his shot off which is impressive to me yes it is uh, we did see what the team looks like without vela out there though and that was not a pretty sight to be honest offensively we only had two shots yeah. on goal after vela went out neither of them 
were high percentage shots. I mean, they, they were, you know, from pretty far out and basically either right at the keeper and, and every other shot we had was a long way from being on target. You know, we had to dodge a few balls there in the north end that I was not sitting very close <laughs> to the uh, to the net either. So, yeah, they, um, yeah, we had some mm, not so great shots. Towards you know, the, the bicycle, of... at, at Westa's bicycle oh, kick or whatever in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, yeah. and there was no a need for that. that I just, yeah. Yeah, the last thing too, too first high. half, he yeah. missed one he should have had. Even though he had two, he could have had a hat trick at halftime, which yes. to me, yeah. ha he had a personal stake in this game, and you could tell he played like it. Oh, yeah. He left it all out there more than he already does, which is to me incredible. I feel Audi like he index. has the best leap after every game. Oh, Audi index highest rated player of the game, and for a game in which you know the stands were all heart and soul to see our heart and soul player go out there and be our best player on the pitch, you know, I mean that that just speaks volumes to where Latif's where his uh, progression is at at this point, especially what we saw him do mid, you know, last week as well, too, where he played in all three phases of the team and was able to play successfully. I mean, he's constantly bouncing around from position to position. And yet in a game like this, when he's a more offensive minded player, again, he can come in and score two goals in a rivalry match. Amazing. Hats off to Latif. He was player of the game by wide margin. Well, not only that, he, got, he and Vela got on uh, the team of the week. Yep. Deservedly so. Mm -hmm. Vela was... Yeah. What? Player of the week for the fourth time yes. this week. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, another thing. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So, another thing for those of us that follow the Golden State Cup, we have officially won the inaugural Golden State Cup, which was the the fan made supporters cup that's based off of the Cascadia Cup, kind of like how uh, Seattle, Portland, and uh, Vancouver. Vancouver. So we have. So it's the Golden State Cup. It started by. Uh, a sub one of the fans, his name's Stephen uh, Bernard. So it's his, he's trying to get like a supporters type thing yeah, where you get the supporters that's yeah. great. from all the different. It's our first piece of silverware. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody go out and buy a cabinet. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Tottenham has one they've never used. We can. Oh. Talk. Oh. Oh. Cheers to that. Shout out Uncle Rich. Um, <laughs> you know, lastly, before we move on to our guests here on the couch, I don't know if you guys noticed after the game there was a lot that took place on the. The field. A lot of people saw the emotion being poured out by the players. I don't know if anyone else noticed Miller getting absolutely dressed down by Bradley. There was a very, very heated exchange, as animated as I have ever seen Bradley get since, you know, harken back to some of those ESPN Plus documentaries at times <laughs> when he was going Against Orta? Orta. Orta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it was finger pointed to the face animated gesturing wow. after the game right in Miller's face after that second half. So curious to see exactly what, what transpired in that regard. You know, I mean, it was a wacky game. It was a game in which, you know, we could have seen Zlatan shown off. He could have seen that, that second yellow later mm -hmm. in the game. Vela was getting bear hugged for the entire first half, and that wasn't getting called. I mean, there was a lot that I was, I was very surprised about that they let go. Ultimately, at the end of the day, 3-3, three, three, and, and we're going to have to wait another year to beat them in the regular season. Even Slatan didn't like the ref. It was hilarious. Yeah. Well, that was great. Yeah. I saw a clip from the post game. He's like, I don't know. This guy needs to go back and talk to the main refs to see himself and see how he approaches and talks to people and calls the game. Um, he needs to watch more games. I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> But I agree, with him. I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. He also shoves his own players out of the wall. <laughs> that was saw that yeah. Oh, with legit. My mom. He flew across. Yeah. Yeah. This is my mother's first MLS game, right? So Aww. she she came down and was tenth row in the thirty fifth two fifty two, cheering with us the whole time. Shout out, mom, three time cancer survivor, and made it a full ninety minutes of a wante. So, uh, for her. But, um, even she was like. 
I don't like that guy. He pushed his own player, and I was like, Mom, that's the best thing you could have said this whole game. <laughs> she um, gets it. She so gets funny. it. Still undefeated at the bank, though. Yep, still undefeated in yep, the stands as well, right. too. That's I mean, for sure. There we go. We'll take that. So, so uh, you know, <sighs> we got a whole week to sit on this one until our game next week. Against but... uh, Minnesota. Correct. Right? Minnesota, yep, Minnesota United Minnesota is United. on the first yep. mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. Yeah, right? Labor Day weekend, so I don't have to. Yeah pretend to wake up on Monday. <laughs> I'm going to be missing my first ever oh, that's home, right. home game. Yeah, let me and cry for we... you while you'll be in Cartagena, like enjoying yeah, no the wedding. Because, so uh, <laughs> no. yeah, I'm, I'm weeping lots of tears for I'm going to cry my Philly. tears into my uh, little umbrella drink while I'm on the beach. Yeah. Ever. You're going to be in the Caribbean, Colombia? Yes, I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> Summon your inner romancing the stone and have a good time there. Yeah. yeah. Well, but we'll definitely be thinking about you guys. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing i mean we love this team we love you know our fans our friends everything about this so i mean it's hard i mean there's there's got to be somebody pretty special in your life to miss it for something like that so um this is the one time this will happen i don't know if we're gonna be able to do it again though so the people well, in your life of... should know not to get married on game day yeah we have, I, I really have to ways. send out my <laughs> schedule from now on <laughs> to all my friends and family and be like listen if it interferes with this it's not gonna happen i'm sorry the so. schedules are printable and they can go on your phone That's on your right. calendar just tell all your mm-hmm. friends to download it here's the link i'm just gonna put all uh, i'm gonna upload our schedule into all my friends google calendars from go. now on so <laughs> just cross it off please well, you should just send out the schedule at the beginning of the year and said do not not do anything in any of these dates. Yeah. See, I do that <laughs> with the day after. Yeah. I do that with work. Yeah, I definitely do that with work. I actually ask off for every day after um, our home game for sure, just so I can, you know, celebrate or, or whatever I need to do emotionally after that game, like yeah. I did all day today. Actually. Well, speaking so. of friends, we have the newest friends of the LAFC Pod Fam here with us, and we're happy mm-hmm. to do so. So why don't we go ahead and transition from the game versus the galaxy to the lady seated to my right here? So. Why don't you guys, um, you know, obviously everybody knows who you are, but maybe give a brief introduction for each one of yourselves and tell us a little bit about your soccer history growing up as you guys lead your way in. All right, we can do that. Uh, So this is Sweet Home Amy. My name is Amy. I actually grew up in Alabama. That's where the Instagram name comes from. A little play on the Sweet Home Alabama. Moved to L.A. about nine years ago, and I didn't actually play soccer when I was growing up, but I'm the oldest of five, and all four of my siblings played. They were actually really good. I had two that played uh, college soccer and two siblings that played college soccer. And so I've watched the game my whole life. I've been to games, you know, every Saturday when I was a kid watching my siblings. But but got really into soccer when World Cup, I think, 2014. And from that on, we actually, my husband Adrian and I actually started going to Galaxy Games. And we went to, we became season ticket holders for a year. It was fun. It was good. We got really into the sport from that. And then when LAFC was announced, my husband came home one day and said, that's it. We're black and gold. Get rid of all your Galaxy gear. And I said, okay. And that was that. That was in 2016. Sweet. Smart man. Smart man. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a similar story. I uh, I did not grow up as well playing soccer, but I played every other sport that I could. I went to such a small school that we actually didn't even have soccer at my school. How so, many people in your school? I mean, I graduated with 58 people. Wow. Okay? <laughs> Where was this? <laughs> this is the middle of nowhere, as uh, Nina likes to refer to it, it as. It's uh, southern Indiana. So got it. Great place to grow up, but again, opportunities and exposure not as great as places like 
New York and L.A. Sure. So I've played all sports. I love all things sports. I don't care what it is. I understand it. I get it. Um, so I will watch it. And in 2014, same as Amy, when the World Cup was uh, happening for the men, I met somebody by the name of, uh, I think everyone out there in the family knows him as Philly. Uh, my husband, Christian, <laughs> huge fan of the game. And so kind of as a way to impress him, as lame as that sounds, I'm like, I'm going to pay attention to this sport. I'm going to try to figure out, you know, what this is all about so we have something to talk about. And, you know, fast forward a few years later when we started dating, we actually became season ticket holders in New York with NYCFC. We thought this is really cool. We went to a Red Bulls game and didn't feel the passion that we did when we went to NYCFC. So we decided, all right, we're going to do this for a year. And then we ended up moving to LA. And it's really hard to be a fan of a team when you're not in that city because you just don't have the exposure. You don't have, you know, the, the ability to go and support them the way you want to. So we decided... I heard something about, for some reason, we did not want to be Galaxy fans. I don't know what it was, but we would rather be NYCFC fans from afar than Galaxy fans in the city. It just didn't resonate with us. But luckily, we heard about this black and gold family that was forming and, you know, growing. And we're like, you know what? Let's do this. We're new here. This team is new here. Let's grow with them and see what happens. And we put down our deposit in 2016 and decided this is what we're going to do and we haven't looked back ever since so here we are as part of the black and gold family that's our when little you story said it's hard to be a fan of a team when they're not actually in your city i thought you were referencing carson galaxy yeah <laughs> living in los it, it, angeles it applies well I mean, carson applies. galaxy i actually thought that's what I was maybe clapping. subconsciously that's where i was at i'm like i cannot be a fan of a team not in the city and they're not in the city so guess what so well amy so is. when you like where do you live we live in pasadena so, right mm -hmm. so pasadena right so how long does it take you to drive from pasadena to carson to go watch a game oh god it was forever yeah. i live in valencia so yeah there was a brief it's period really of time far. when Gerard was on the Galaxy and I supported yeah. the Galaxy because I'm a Liverpool fan. And so, I mean, Boom. you'd make those trips. You'd make those trips from yeah. Valencia to Carson. And it's just like, oh, that's right, you guys. Oh, I'm an uh, Arsenal fan. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little butt hurt from this weekend's Premier League game. That's all. That's, that yeah. makes two of us. Yes. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure the rest of the yeah. EPL is butt hurt against Liverpool. So. <laughs> it's a good team. It's a good team right now. You know, at least Arsenal is a better team than they were last year. And it's been a while since we could say that. <laughs> we, so. we spent yeah. a lot of money in this offseason bringing in some players. So, yeah, but that's... No defenders, which we kind of need. But, yeah, that's, that's another That's podcast. a whole other podcast, guys. So, what about you, Nina? So how did you get involved? I'm the only one who's LA born and raised. Um, JR and I are both Los Angeles natives. Both went to the same very small Catholic elementary school. Then I went to a, the all-girls high school right there. But I grew up with soccer. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's my favorite sport. I used to call it the only sport. Like It's <laughs> the only thing that mattered to me in my life was watching football. And not American football because I used to go to those and go, football's better. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't ever get into American football. Yeah, I was going to say, man. I know, I know. JR's got me in, into it a little bit. Now I now I kind of appreciate it a little more. But I grew up playing AYSO every Saturday. My dad actually got roped into refereeing young because, you know, they say, like, oh, if your child plays, you should volunteer. So my dad started refing. And when I was 14, I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I want to ref. And my family full-on supported that. My dad was actually in charge of the AYSO training and 14 is the youngest you can start. So at 14 years old, I started refereeing soccer, made the quick transition and did AYSO as well as 
got my certifications to ref club matches. Wow. So and make okay money too, refs too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, especially at 16 years old. It was mm-hmm. like, I can get paid what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pretty cool experience. I advanced as quickly as you can because the thing with refereeing is there's a minimum age gap. So in order to referee a certain age, you have to also be a certain age. So I advanced as quickly as I could for my age, was the only girl in the room on most occasions, and just loved every minute of it. High school came around and I got busy. I really enjoyed theater. So I ended up kind of pulling back on soccer a little bit, but still following and staying involved as much as I could. Ended up working for a little bit as an adult for a professional club here in Southern California. Loved every minute of that. Lots of hard work. And then I met JR. <laughs> After years, you hadn't seen him since yeah, elementary school? Is that? Absolutely. Oh, okay. And like we met decades apart, like once when I was five, then again when I was like 15, and then again in my early 20s. And I met him and we started talking and I was looking to make a change in my life. I was going through a lot of things and he helped me secure a job with the city of Los Angeles. Oh, oh what do so, you do? Parks and Rec. So oh, sweet. He hired me actually to be a summer camp counselor. And then I found out really quickly that I liked administrative work and I was drawn to the office. So the office team loves me. I was probably not a very good counselor, but I had a great time doing it. And that actually kind of got me started. I now work for Boys and Girls Clubs of Santa Monica, do nonprofit administration. So he kind of launched that portion of my career for me. So wait, do you work for the Boys and Girls Club now or do you work for Parks and Rec still? Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, because I work for Water and Power, so. Okay. Very so cool. Yeah. I civic duty here. Civic yeah, duty yeah. here. So there's half yeah. a sitcom in yeah. this room right now. We got our we got yeah. our uh, we got our financial advisor, we've got our Latin teacher, yeah. we've yeah. got tech support. Yeah, tech support. support right here. We got our we got our beverage aficionado <laughs> and we've got our insurance specialist. All set. There we go. And you've got in, your nurse. Oh my nurse, there we go. Yeah, that's right. I, I You're might all be set the guy to start the world over. We can start our own city, basically. Yeah. I'm in there. If the zombie apocalypse ever comes, dude. I'll, I'll We're provide, good. I'll I want provide the, the electrical. <laughs> I'm going to be busy as a nurse if the zombie apocalypse ever happens. So I think uh, just to, to cap that all off, the way that we we all three met, it all has to do with LAFC. I think it's really, you know, a great story. Amanda and I were both at the Bob Bradley event when they announced the coach. Yeah, we had a meet and treat. we sat next to each other. Yes, right? we did. Yeah, we were sitting next to each other, and we started talking, and she mentioned where she was from. My cousin, I had family. My grandparents and my cousin had lived there. We were both from small towns. We started talking. We bonded. Yeah. And then you guys knew. Yeah, yeah myself and Nina actually have tickets in the Founders Club, mm-hmm. so that's how we kind of met. And then I guess I'm kind of like the, the middle part to the yeah, sandwich. to the sandwich. Point. That kind of brought yeah, everybody, brought everybody together. together. Yeah. yeah. I, was it at and the... And so the three um, of us at the Mexico-Germany World Cup game. Right. We brought them all together. I'm like, hey, we're doing oh, this. Yeah. I'm like, hey, we're doing yeah. this. That was a great game. <laughs> Mexico-Germany game. <laughs> it was a good game. <laughs> Philly that was a great game. Happy. Philly does not like to talk about that game. But Carlos but, Vela uh, played really Miles well. Miles Vela loves to talk about that game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was... A but, really fun but experience, that was, and yeah, that was that's the start how we of a great met. friendship. Yeah, so, so LAFC literally brought us all together. But so. I have to throw in there, you started following LAFC and liking soccer 
for Christian, <laughs> JR kind of got more into it because of me. It was before we were even dating and it was 2015. And over the summer, he put down money for season tickets. I hadn't said yes to being his girlfriend yet. <laughs> so it was a really brave wow. When you know, you know, man. JR is but, dying was, to get was, on and say something uh, right now. Just oh my God, I can just see him it. not to have a mic in front of him right now. The best, the best $100 he spent ever. <laughs> so we started dating October of 2015. And December of 2015, he hands me on Christmas this brown envelope. And all he's written in his tiny little very teacher writing is because it's really neat. Like I make him write on all of our birthday cards for everyone. He has such, his handwriting is so superior to mine, not to mention his spelling, but I'm happy to hear that because he's a teacher. (laughs) He had just written in the top hand corner, like here's to a new tradition. And I opened it up and I kept the envelope. I opened it up and it's a printout of the email confirmation. That's all we had at that point. The most romantic thing. I cried so hard and my mom was sitting there and she's like, wait, when did you do this? You weren't dating. Like, so sweet. You didn't. What if she had said no? Like, <laughs> he might be a keeper. Yeah. He might be. So, <laughs> I like to think I got him into the sport. It's probably so, accurate. Uh, is, is your husband Adrian into soccer? Yeah, he is. I mean, and really, he's kind of similar to me. He didn't grow up playing. Um, I didn't play again. Like I said, I was the only one that didn't play. I the genes skipped me somehow. Um, I have terrible eye foot coordination. Um, but I don't have hand eye, but I have eye foot. Right. Yeah. So he didn't really play either, but it was really it was that World Cup. He got really into it. He um he's a big Mexico fan. His family's from Mexico. And then, you know, I was a US so we would, you know, get really excited around World Cup and then that's when we we both really love sports. So we started going to sporting events. We started going to Galaxy. He grew up a Dodgers fan. I'm a big college football fan. So that was our thing when we were dating was sporting events. Yeah. Amy actually told us that we can't talk to her on Saturdays anymore because she's going to be busy. Yeah. Apparently Auburn trumps us. Completely. That That's sense. a whole other yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I could go hey, on about yeah. that. But. Uh, Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame. Hey. Oh. Oh. My brother went to Notre Dame. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. The high school or the university? All right. I'm, university. I'm done. I'm walking oh. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got some IU folks no, actually, in here, too. So I'm actually going to the Notre Dame-Virginia game. The weekend of September 27th, and nice. then I leave South Bend Airport and I fly to Minnesota for the Minnesota. How did you get a flight out of South Bend? What? Well, <laughs> I was flying in and out of Chicago. Oh, oh no, that's probably oh, where it's No, I do, but Notre Dame's playing Saturday night. Yeah, so well, I didn't want to have to drive to Chicago. Time. I was like, I'll just fly out of South Bend. Oh, I wake up. I wake up at eight and I land in Minnesota at like nine or nine thirty. That's fun. great. That'll be really fun. So. Wave at my family while you're in Indiana for me, please. There you go. Thank <laughs> you. Get myself some Yingling. <laughs> oh, oh yes. my God. Yes. yes. Greatest American, oldest American yep. beer and greatest American beer I've ever That's had. That's right, life, Yingling. So get that. It's a big deal. And- Oh, have you ever had it? Yeah, I've had Yingling. Yeah. Off tap? You're talking of to Jonathan. Of course. He's had better. You've had better. I mean. Yeah. Oh. American beer? I mean, I mean, you want Yingling? Just go buy any lager and then just dump a couple packets of sugar in it, and there you go. You've got. Here's yingling. the thing, though. You make that sound in, really bad. In Indiana, though, it took a while for Yingling to get there. Yeah. It was like kind of like a unicorn beer for the longest time. You had to like search and look for it. Yeah, so we used to drive once to it, it actually came to us in Indiana, it was like, oh my gosh, Yingling's finally here. We got so excited. We drank it. We didn't care what it tasted. So like. the like owners it. of Yingling have said, "We will never." 
sell our beer on the West Coast because the last thing I want to see is someone in Los Angeles holding our beer. No oh, way. Ah, no so just, just remember that next time oh, you quaff wow. those people's oh, That makes my family want to drink it even more. So there was, a, there was actually a place in Pasadena that uh, used to buy them by the cases. Yeah, they got uh, busted, yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, it's, wow. it, is, it is illegal to serve Yingling Stop. west of the Mississippi River. How, what do you Stop. mean illegal? So alcohol distribution in the United <laughs> States is done by state. So we are 50 different countries when it comes to alcohol distribution. Mm-hmm. This is the way it's been since the repeal of prohibition. So if you opened a brewery tomorrow, you would have to sell your beer to a state licensed distributor. That distributor would sell it to the bar or restaurant or retailer that would then sell it to a customer. So you as a brewery cannot sell to a customer. And there is no distribution rights held for Yingling in California. So that beer was purchased over there, brought over here by hand and sold, which is a violation of, so of it was the smuggled, interstate. Basically. Yeah, it was smuggled. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like that, and wow. Yingling. Like moonshine in the Midwest. One time, <laughs> one time I bought three 24 packs, right? Seventy-three twenty-four packs. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a total of seventy-two. Oh, oh, okay. right. like, this is the, uh, you got three. Packs, right? <laughs> but it, it cost me. It cost me like a hundred and. It cost me like hundred and twenty bucks, right, with shipping, and I, and and so I justified it to my mom. <laughs> I, I don't know where this story is going right now. I don't I, I, oh, no, I was just saying, I, there was a vendor that on, oh, it was shoppersvineyard.com was the vendor that I used, and I bought my Yingling, it and it got sent to my house. That's hey, so you know funny. what I'm really interested in hearing about? Not, women's socks. Yeah, no, okay. center, center mid yeah. chicks. Hey, remember when we had this brilliant idea to, like, talk about yeah. NWSL and learn? Oh. Hey, bro, hey, bro. I want to bring it back to this. Everyone said that kind of 2014 was this year where most of you mm-hmm. became more enthusiastic about the sport right so the following year is the women's world cup 2015 so i know how did how did you approach that world cup and what did it become since then for you guys and you know we just had 2019's world cup and a lot of things have happened and developed in the women's game so why don't you talk a little bit about that i mean i'm a little embarrassed to say that i mean i I don't know that it resonated a whole lot with me yet i mean i was still just getting into the sport of soccer and even like women's sports viewing them you know, at that time for me anyways, wasn't, wasn't high on the list. I played them a lot. I can't say I watched them a lot. So soccer itself was probably even further down on that list because just on the men's front, it was very new to me. So, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of frame of reference for, you know, the 2015 World Cup. I just know that that's when I just really took notice of the sport. Um, and I kind of wish I had, you know, in retrospect now. I mean, I wish I would have, you know, even, like, been turned on to it at that point. So, um, I mean, Nina, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, you love this sport, so I, I can only imagine that you no, were probably... No, uh, thinking about it just, like, off the cuff, like, all I can think about is Hope Solo. Like, that's the big standout to, I think, everyone who really followed women's soccer at that time because she's a personality. We'll just put it out mm-hmm. there. Like she's very talented. <laughs> she backs it up, but she's also been known to She's been in the news for feathers. things other than her actual talent, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So, Back then she yeah. was the talent. She, she was, was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think what's awesome is where we've come since then. You know, it's still such a new league. I think ninety one was the first time we had women's soccer in the united states women's soccer is as old as i am like right. 
it's kind young. of yeah. Can you rub it in a little bit? Thanks, Nina? Lot, Nina. Yeah, well, that just made me feel all right. Yeah, yeah that, that, now yeah. you know how yeah, we feel that out there. on every podcast. <laughs> no, but so. that is, I mean, that you know, that's a it's good young. point. It's, it's, it's still young. It's growing so much. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing this rise, and mm. we're seeing a rise in our culture broadly with women. You know, and, and with women's sports is where we're getting a lot of the attention and. You know, with this last World Cup, there was a lot of excitement about it, a lot of attention for it. And so that's what, you know, mm-hmm. we started really getting involved and getting into it. And that's when we really came together. Yeah, I mean, when you, if you're out surfing and you catch a wave, you want to ride that wave while it's at a high. And I think that's how we feel right now with what we're trying to do is we've got the Women's World Cup has been, I mean, they've been dominating the news when it comes to sports, especially women's sports. And we want to take a moment to, you know, remind people that these ladies don't just play in the World Cup, just like our guys don't just play in the World Cup. They have their professional careers as well. So what we need to do is bring focus to their individual professional careers and just keep that high going, you know, up until the next World Cup. And then again, like we said earlier, when when LA gets their professional team, people are going to still be talking about it and they're going to be excited about it. And that's where we want to keep it kind of relevant and on the forefront of everybody's mind. So not to play devil's advocate, but I remember my first exposure to women's soccer was through my little sister my little sister's hero growing up was Mia Hamm absolutely so I mean I remember when she was the greatest female athlete in the world Mm -hmm. you know cover of the Wheaties box that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. and you know and and uh, the United States women's were were champions and you had a generation of women inspired by her and not to say that you know we saw a, a tide go the other direction but Mm-hmm. I think that there is a pattern in women's soccer where it is something that the majority of Americans only pay attention to every four years. I hear uh, you. Yeah. I disagree with you because I also think at that time, no one really cared about soccer in the United States. And that has significantly changed. Absolutely. And I think the NWSL is the key to keeping that attention mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. other three years. Yeah. Now, I have to admit, I follow Arsenal ladies and oh I God. follow uh, so the international women's game during World Mm -hmm. Cup, but I am completely ignorant to NWSL. And this is where I have to rely on you ladies and and what we hopefully see. We actually, we do a game on our (laughs) podcast and we we prepared one for you guys. So it's called How Does This End? Okay. So we're going to recap a random play. This one actually just took place. It was between my Washington Spirit because that's my adopted team. Okay. Something we did on our podcast is we all adopted a team. Okay. And so I'm going to give you just the basic rundown to how a play starts off, give you a couple options, and you're going to tell me how you think the play ends. Are these the ones you did on the show? Because yeah. then I'm cheating. No, this is I... a new one. Okay. No, no, no. no. I, we don't even know. We prepared a new we one for know. you. Yeah. Ah, wait. So this is, is it, just is for it you. just like, you know, a goal was scored, an assist, or like... A... Like, you'll catch on. You'll okay. catch on. It's, 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 so it's we outline a play. So we outline a play, and then we stop and... We give multiple choice. How oh, do you okay. think it ended? Got it. And yeah, okay. so it's, you know, it's just, it's just a really Fire fun away. game to think about. Yeah. So this is my Washington spirit taking on Orlando Pride, which, as you know, has a lot of our U.S. women's national team players. So Washington spirit are in the attacking third. And there's this great defensive takeaway by Orlando's Kristen Edmonds, number 12. Sorry, hold on. I can't read my writing. I wrote it in the car. You should have had JR JR write it, it. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know exactly how you feel. My father, my mother, my stepmother, my older sister, my younger sister, and my younger brother are all teachers, and their handwriting is flawless, and I am so sloppy. And I'm the only one in the family not a teacher, so I get you. Okay. So Washington's Spirit are in the attacking third, and there's a great takeaway by Orlando's number 12, Kristen Edmonds. Then Spirit, Ashley Hatch, number 33, steals it back with a lot of high pressure. Hatch then charges at goal, and A, there's another great defensive takeaway by Orlando. B, shot and goal from pressure in the top third. Or C, shot goes wide. How does this land? Who? Which who? player? This What's is this? Spirit. This is Hatch. This Ashley is Hatch. Hatch, number 33 for Washington Spirit. Where does she play on yeah. the field? Can we forward. ask questions? I, I just... Forward. <laughs> forward? Okay, Last forward. time I was the one giving the plan. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. I vote B, Golazo. All right. <laughs> I, I go C. All right. That's what I was going to well, say. I'll, I'll go with A, that there was another player that stopped her. The defensive mm. play. Yeah. This, these are high-pressure games. They play a lot of very high-pressure was there any option for Ashlyn Harris to? I feel like she rushed her shot. The goalie? No. No, not okay. an option. Oh man. Was it on her left foot or right foot? Yeah. <laughs> Is she right foot? All right, right I'm gonna foot. say C. Who, who are they playing? Saying? Is she right footed? Orlando. 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 I'm gonna say C. Yeah. Wide. Is she right footed? I stick with my. Do you have I want Galazzo because I like Galazzo's. <laughs> it was a shot that goes wide, but ah. the reason it was C shot that goes wide. But the reason I picked this one is because that was immediately followed, and this is in the first ten minutes of the game. It's immediately followed by the goalkeeper getting the ball, pass back to the keeper. So goalkeeper mm-hmm. puts the ball into play, defense passes it back to the goalkeeper, and then Crystal Thomas oh, runs I in to this. steal it from Harris and shoves it into the back of the net. Incredible yeah, play. Yeah, play. Take yeah. away from the keeper, and I love it. You're going to see that's going to be the gold week. So oh, okay. run us through some of the teams that people might come across if they were getting into NWSL. Where Ooh. do they play? Like, what's what's sort of the nature of the league? How many teams are we looking? How is the league broken down? What does that look like for those of us who who are completely ignorant to how NWSL runs. So NWSL has nine teams, and they are all affiliated with MLS teams. Nine Uh, seems like a perfect number for an addition there as well, too. I think we need a round 10. There's a lot of room. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I definitely think that there's a lot of cities that are looking, you know, and getting their eyes open and looking at women's teams. But there are nine teams. So there are, there's the Portland Thorns. There's the Rain NFC, which is in Seattle. There's the Utah Royals in Salt Lake, Houston Dash, NC Courage in North Carolina. Who's there? Who's they uh, associated with? Which one? Oh, actually, it? you know what? That's a good question. It's probably Charlotte FC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah Charlotte FC. They're making a bid in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah they Absolutely. wanted to be an MLS team. Yeah. This Orlando is why he Pride. Gets the big bucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando Pride, Chicago Red Stars, Sky Blue FC, which is in New Jersey. And Washington Spirit, which is in D.C. Right. And so those are the nine teams. Um, they have, you know, there isn't an Eastern, Western, Northern, Southern Conference yet. I think that's what we'll start to see as it gets, you know, into more teams. So there's only two teams on the West Coast, and those there's are in, those are three if you count Utah. There are no NWSL teams in California. Nope. In but the there entire is state. another league. There's the WPSL. And that's got a lot more local teams. It's a lot easier for... The, I, San Diego's the first one that comes to mind. They have an incredible program down there. So there are California women's soccer events. And honestly, San Diego, that team draws. I've been to a... I think they're the Lions or Sea Lions. Now, I've been that, to one of their games. It's insane. Is that caliber of play kind of like 
MS, MLS USL? Yes. Very, yeah, yeah. So yeah. W, yeah, versus NWSL. Yeah. So you would say it is a step down in quality of oh, player? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the second Still tier. way better than I could ever play. No, no, well, no, 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 I mean, I knew what you meant, yeah, to yeah, compare. No, it definitely yeah. is. Like the second, you know, there's two different AAA, leagues. Triple A, double A, that kind of thing. There are guys and, playing yeah. in the park across the street that would smoke me, right? So, I mean, like. <laughs> WPSL, also, they don't pay their players. Right. Oh, so, so it's amateur. one of those things. You can keep your amateur status. Oh, got it. Which becomes a big deal in soccer. So you gals got to know each other because of the team, LAFC. So at what point did the women's games interest uh, become a topic I know that you wanted to do a podcast about? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to give a little bit of that credit to um, to, to the Defenders of the Bank, which I'm sure you guys Ooh. all know and heard of. <laughs> you know who are uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you guys know them well, uh, Philly and the Scarf. So whenever, Shout out wherever you are, boys. Yeah, wherever you guys are. Not that you're in the room or anything. But I want to give a lot of shout out to them because it was really them who kind of like pushed us to that. Like, I don't think any of us were sitting around like clamoring at the bit to like, you know, get there and talk about it because I, I don't think we even knew that there that would be a thing. They're like, hey, there's a need out there. We have, you know, this huge bar of 76 and we have a lot of supporters out there for, you know, the U.S. Women's National Team and, you know, just U.S. teams in general. And I thought, who better to cover this U.S. Women's National Team than other women? Like, why not get a female perspective on the females mm-hmm. game? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that seems like a no-brainer. And who better to do that than, than those of us that have been there while they've, you know, done their podcast. We've seen how it's gone. We've seen how they, you know, do their shows and put them together. So they said, hey, would you ladies like to maybe do the recaps for the World Cup? And we're like, you know what? I think maybe we can maybe we can do this. I don't know. I don't know what the interest is. I don't know Mm -hmm. if people want to hear this. But you know, we don't know unless we try. So we decided, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's go for it. Let's jump in. Let's see if people enjoy hearing what we have to say about the women's game ourselves. And now we're just having too much fun to stop. And we (laughs) loved it so much. We had so much fun doing it. The response was tremendous. People gave us a lot of great feedback and really enjoyed hearing from us and our takeaways from the games, you know, our analytics, our banter, just the way that we put things together. And we're like, you know what? There's a need right now for NWSL coverage. We have individual teams out there have their own podcasts, Mm -hmm. but no one is covering the NWSL as a whole. Nobody's out there saying, hey, I don't have a team yet, but I want to know more about the NWSL. So what better way to do that than to find a podcast that kind of gives us general information that covers all of and that? And I think that we found a lot of people fell in love, and you guys might have done this too, with specific players on the U.S. women's team. Rose Lavelle. You start to, you know, you start to hear people team. talk about Alex Morgan, you know, and, and Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle and all these incredible players. And the question is, okay, well, where did, where can I see them play after this is over? And they all disperse. They're all right. over the country on all these different nine teams. So, you know, what we're doing is is being able to help people follow those players and start to follow those teams and create a bigger And to find new players also to start to mm-hmm. follow. Like Emily Sonnet, who I'm now literally obsessed with. She's <laughs> brilliant. She's Rose Lavelle's best friend. And if you have watched anything with Rose Lavelle, her personality is just so magnetic. Yeah. And that's why I picked Washington Spirit was because... Rose Lavelle plays for spirit. And I, I kind of told them, I'm like, she has I'm a motor s- on her. She straight helps. up just following Rose Lavelle. She is like a firecracker like mm-hmm. no one else. She is teeny, tiny yeah. little thing. But I've never seen anybody run down that field with so much 
just like in like enthusiasm and, and like focus mm-hmm. and energy. Like all she sees is the back of that net when she's running oh, down the field, and it's incredible. Yeah, she is like Latif blessing yeah. man she on is. that field. Absolutely. And she's a lefty. I love lefties. Uh, so let's yeah. ask a dark question here, real quick. Ooh. If if NWSL when NWSL comes to Los Angeles, we change the question. Would you prefer that team? To be affiliated with LAFC because that's your passion, yes. or would you prefer that team be unaffiliated no. so that women who are fans of any <laughs> team here in Southern California? Scarfed is opinionated. <laughs> I think that's a that's actually a very good question. I think you bring up a really fair point, which is you know we are biased. You know we're going to come with a bias because we're LAFC fans and we want. We, we see what the organization has done for soccer here in you know Los Angeles and how it's brought this community together. We want that for the women's team. We want that organization to do the same thing for the women's team. But, yeah, maybe you bring a good no. point. You know, we, well, no. <laughs> we want to bring everyone together as well. Yeah, so. I do. And I do not want an LAFC-based women's team to discourage fans of that team down in Carson from jumping on board with them just yeah. because they're affiliated with us. I think that would be terrible, unfortunately. They can have for, their own team. I get that. But who, who's to say that that's going to happen? I mean, two teams right now in the same city for the women's league Let's it's do hard. It. It's going to be hard. hard. It's hard. We don't even have one in the whole state, so it's right. going to be it's, right. it's hard to justify two. So the, the argument that they've had the time. opportunity to promote this since '96 and haven't, <laughs> right. uh, to me, would make it so that uh, look, LAFC. You know, look, we have banners, we have tifos, we have a podcast. There is a lot of fan support within the LAFC community. We have Mia. You know, um, of course. You know, so I, I, I think, think it's, that is the direction it will go. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's where, again, the organization is structured really well to create the energy, to create a supporters, to have you've got, like you just said, we've got, you've got people within our organization who are already getting together to promote that, bringing a team here. So, you know, I, yeah. I think while I agree that, you know, having a women's team associated with LAFC could isolate fans, right? right? Of course. I think, though, that that is probably the best formula for success right now because so. there is there is a demand for it mm-hmm. and LAFC already has a vocal community that's in support of a women's team and we have an owner like Mia that has verbally said that she is going to bring a team to LA and and uh, you know if they come under the wing of LAFC they're going to have a very, very active supporter section. And the Absolutely. second, the and we're second, here and ready to lead it. And, and, and we and, can't and, wait to be and, the premier I mean, podcast the for the su- NWSLs. The supporter LAFC section girls. is what attracts a lot of casual mm-hmm. football mm-hmm. fans to the bank to want to yes. see LAFC. So if you then have this already organized, structured sure. supporter culture now yep. associated with the NWSL, that that could just be the stepping stone needed to make that team. The most popular NWSL team around. Well, you I'm think ready the 32 to be 50... on the capo stand for the women. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, if you think the 3252 hates Carson now, wait till they come after our ladies, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, so if, 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 you know, the ABCs or, you know, the Quiet Squad or any of those folks want to... The know, one Galaxian? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Galaxian. The Galaxian. Um, if, if, you know, if 
if they were to come out and and you know attempt to take down an NWSL team based on that rivalry, I think that would only right. I hope you know, that cause a fervor amongst the fans. I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that 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 point people can draw the line and say, listen, this is this is something totally different. This deserves our support, and we want to be a part of it. It, it. it doesn't mean anything other than you know we want to see our ladies succeed and be supportive of that team. And well, what will be interesting is Alex Morgan currently plays in Orlando. Right. That's Florida. That's far. Mm-hmm. But we know Mr. Alex Morgan Mr. Alex Morgan. plays in Carson. Yeah. So I can see who's the real... Mis- who's Mr. Alex Morgan? The Jet. The hopefully no. soon to be Oh, no, that's Mr. right. No. Sorry. <laughs> nope. Carrasco. Uh, Carrasco. 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 He plays for the Gals. Sorry. That's, yeah. okay. that's Becky G's so, man. When LAFC get their NWSL team, I want us... To pull Alex Morgan, I think she would be a great first captain. She's for us. from Diamond Bar too. She's a yeah, local girl. Yeah, she's a local. A girl. lot of mm-hmm. but, so and a lot of the players here. are actually from California. Right. That's a the lot of no team. There are in California, a lot. So there's actually a lot of players. There's that a were lot born of great talent out of California. So I want Alex Morgan here, black and gold, and then Mr. Alex cool. Morgan can vocalize yeah. his support <laughs> from Carson. He'll retire. She's making more money anyway. Smart. <laughs> Smart. So let me ask you guys this though. So there, there's um, women's teams in Europe. Yes. Right. Chelsea has a women's team. Liverpool has a women's mm-hmm. team. I, I I don't know. Arsenal if every, has a better. Yeah. Arsenal does, has does the every best team, women's team. Does, does, does Arsenal every fans? EPL Samus team have Arsenal a women's fans. team? United has one. Yeah. I don't Man think City. every yeah. single they one does. Do. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. so it's but it's commonplace. Top yeah. tier. It's right. It's Top commonplace. Tier. I think so, league uh, too. What? Like uh, Lyon has a good team. So I mean, yeah. I mean, so we just we just is that the model that you look at? So you know, like we have some of our U.S. Uh, women's national team players playing here domestically in the NWSL, but do we also have some of our players playing in? It's the other way around. It's the other way around. So the, they're the, playing here. The script has been flipped. So yeah. where we see, you know, you know, our our men in the MLS, you know, having the opportunity to go over to Europe and play and be big stars and be on the big stage there, women over there come over here to the U.S. and play to be on the big stage here. And that's probably because the U.S. is... We're dominant. We yeah. won the World Cup. Right. And you can yeah. come on. Here. Yeah. I mean, do you want to live in Utah? <laughs> well, that's a that's a one hour flight to LA. <laughs> so yeah, if, I mean, you've got Sam Carr in Chicago. You've got, um, you know, White. You've got a lot of international players that are playing yeah. here. And we actually just saw here. in the FIFA um, voting most recently for best coach and everything, like a bunch of international coaches are coaching here right. in the or United States. Foreign and, and yeah. can't even speak anymore. Uh, I'm t- done. <laughs> the tide turned, I think, a few years ago. A lot of the like uh, U.S. national ladies were playing in Europe. Like Morgan, Alex Morgan was at Lyon, and she mm-hmm. she came to the NWSL. So a lot of them after the World Cup basically turned down some European offers and stayed mm-hmm. here for a lot of the same reasons. You're closer to home. You're more used to this culture versus yeah. France or, or England or even some of the Nordic countries. So it makes sense. And a lot of the talent is now being retained here and it's becoming a destination. So over time, I can see the league expanding, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they Absolutely. want to help build this league too. I mean, yeah. it, it, okay. there's a, a giant need for that. So. so what are your predictions in terms of teams in the next one, two, three years? I don't know how many we're going to see in the next one, two, or three years. I've said this before. I think LAFC is going to pay off its debt, which we know is a three-year deal. And then I think we're going to announce and then wait for the momentum from the next 
Women's World Cup. You don't think they'll announce take season ticket money ahead of time yes. with so that oh, they can that's, yeah. I mean so that yeah, could that's advance what they're the timeline. Do. I think it obviously. could lie. I think what I think what you're saying is yeah. it would launch after the next World Cup. The team, when our would, team would start, start playing right. after like the next Women's World Cup, but we would definitely we'd probably announce two years in advance. Yes, yeah, so the conversation will be had before so maybe a year about and a half. two well, so years away. Do you think that they're gonna get an LAFC two before they get an NWSL team? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, timelines question. are close. Yeah, <laughs> because I think with Mia in the ownership group and with the amount of vocal support for a women's team in L.A., well, I think we're going to see it pretty soon. Yeah, but and, and let's think about, you know, we're talking about the team being LAFC affiliated, but if you think, you know, think about, you know, Rain FC, is Sounders anywhere in their name? No, who knows, whatever. It doesn't have to be the exact logo. It doesn't have to be. So it's possible, I think, to have that, you know, Mia and maybe some owners take on the women's team. And yeah, but what colors? The organization. Black and gold. What Black colors gold. does the rain wear? Well, oh, they no. wear. So blue. what would you call the And they play on that field. Huh? I don't know. Like, but I'm I, saying you could see, I could see silver. them Angel doing this almost do like it's not an exact, yeah. it, you know, bread inside. It's yeah. like a offshoot in a sense, kind of, you know, with, with similarities. I could see it being done at the same time. Yeah. I don't think it would be impossible to do them at the same time or in similar timelines. Right. So what would you call the LAFC ladies team? I really don't know. And Jay and I have gone back and forth with this a few times and. He said he, he would need to research a little more thoroughly the history of Los Angeles. and I think it could be something, it could be something like the Angels or, or something with the Falcons, yeah. something like that. But honestly, whatever they do is going to just blow my mind, so it doesn't matter. It's like, I want to wait and be surprised because I'm going to love it. I already know it. So here was my thought, and you know this might make the Lucky Boys happy. This might make Black Army really I'm happy. Ready. This might not be the most popular opinion amongst D9U, but with Mia at the helm. Uh-huh. The Los Angeles Hammers. <gasps> oh, I like I'm in. It. I'm in. I, I like it. it. I like it. I will buy a tool belt tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. And then spray paint Let's it black. Let's go to Home Depot. Angle. So, I mean, I know that's obviously West Ham, um, you know, and there's a lot of West Ham fans around. But with Mia Ham, the Hammers, I'm I mean, in. especially if, you know, she took a coaching role or an ownership role or a prominent role as a figurehead within the team, um, you know, I, I would buy season tickets yeah. for the last. Have to reach out to MC Hammer. Got to reach out to. Well, ladies, um, like we're it. running a little long here, so we do have to kind of wrap it up. But before we close out the show, we have a very, very important question to ask. It, it is our most important question that we ask, and it is, "What does shoulder to shoulder mean to you?" I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm not as good with words as some of the other people in here, and I'm not as profound, but. To me, shoulder to shoulder means friends that are more than friends, friends that are family. It's the people you can turn to and rely on for absolutely anything in your life. It's something that transcends really any other friendship you've had. It's something that transcends culture, that transcends religion, that transcends age. It's a family. I mean, it's pretty profound, yeah. actually. <laughs> I was going to say, for a person who didn't... Woo, that sounds like came out pretty good. With words. I mean, you pretty much said, I mean, I think anything that any of us would say, you know, I mean, shoulder to shoulder means exactly what's kind of going on in this room right now. We are all sitting shoulder to shoulder in this room. We didn't know each other. It's a little you know. cramped. Yeah. <laughs> We're sweaty, sweaty and shoulder to shoulder. But we don't it's care. just like the North End here. But uh, yeah, but but that's the thing. You don't care because you're sitting around talking about something that we're all passionate about together. We may not have anything else in common, but but we have the love of this game, and that's what brings us shoulder to shoulder. Sitting here, being able to talk about something with people we didn't know, you know, a year ago. 
you know, two years ago. You know, and we're doing something right now that that is very, you know, intimate and very, you know, something that I'd love to do is sit and talk about things that I love with people that also love the same things. So that's kind of what it means to me is, is what we're doing right now. I would say that, you know, for me, I mean, of course, everything that Nina and Amanda just said is 100% true. Uh, When I think about it, I think about, you know, shoulder to shoulder in a community. And one of the things that I absolutely love about LAFC is the shoulder to shoulder idea of we're all equal when we're all together. No one's better than anybody else. No one's worse than anybody else. We're all here together and we're on the same level. And the whole stadium feels that way. And so I always feel like we are shoulder to shoulder. No one's, you know, rising above, standing on a pedestal. No one's, you know, pushing anyone down, you know, lower than someone else. It's a real community of people together side by side. Well, uh, those are three great answers. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Philly Scarf, thank you for suffering through not having a mic in front of you. Uh, Maybe one of these days we'll get the two of you on the show um, uh, and we can hear your story. So you can have a a little bit more time to prepare your answer to what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you boys. But thank you so much to the Center Mid Chicks. Again, if you are not listening to their podcast, please give it a listen. Follow it on all your social media platforms. You can find them at center mid chicks we would like to thank sweet home amy you can find her at sweet home amy s-w-w-e-e-t h-o-m-e-a-m-y amanda is at amanda brook 32 that's a-m-a-n-d-a-b-r-o-o-k-e-3-2 and nina at l-a-f-c nina n-i-n-a Thank you guys so, so much for being on the show. It was our pleasure to have you here today. For those of you out there that would like to follow the show, please give us a follow at LAFCS2S. Subscribe and uh, give us a review, please. Nice one. (laughs) No, we'll even take a bad one. Just give us a review. (laughs) You can do the same for us as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But only Um, good. The LAFC pod family is growing, and it's so refreshing that we're all in this together. Shoulder to shoulder to the pod fam is something that's very special to us. The fact that we can have three pods in one room and, you know, that we can all celebrate this team and this community and this culture together. Exactly what shoulder to shoulder should mean to to all of us. Um, And so thank you, everyone out there for listening on behalf of Defenders of the Bank, on behalf of at Center Mid Chicks and all of us here at LAFC S2S. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take us home, stick. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC Dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Keep us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.